Greetings, listeners, and welcome aboard Costume Station Zero. This is Bob Mitch, and I'm here with a good friend of mine who many would know from Gallifrey One or San Diego Comic Con for Steampunk Goodness and Doctor Who. Please welcome C.J. DeAngelis. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Um, so, C.J., uh, you know the drill. Uh, I like to start with, how did you get into cosplay? Um, let's see. How did I get into cosplay? I got... Into cosplay, I think, as a corollary of doing um, a repo, the genetic opera shadow cast. But I think my first cosplay was the 10th Doctor, which really just was me getting together a Halloween costume and then sort of building on it and then finding a suit in a thrift store that looked passably like 10 and then building on it, building on it. I think so. I think that's how I got into it. It's a combination of those two things. Uh, what year would that have been? Ah, uh, two thousand eight, I think two thousand eight, two thousand nine, something like that. Mm-hmm. Now, what what did you put the uh, tenth doctor together for? Was it a Gallifrey or no, no? Originally, I literally put it together for Halloween. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a Halloween costume, um, and then it was, and that and that would look in retrospect looked nothing like what we would consider to be the tenth doctor. It was like a corduroy. It was all corduroy. Hmm. Uh, and it was like a, like a Columbo trench coat, but it read <laughs> and people got it mm-hmm. mostly because I, I wore it to school and I've been showing all of the kids Doctor Who episodes. So nice. they were like, you're the doctor. And I was like, you're very good. Nice. Nice. Um, so were you, uh, were you much into Halloween as a kid? Um, yeah. I mean, I guess as much as anybody else is into Halloween, I, I wasn't like super gung ho. Like I know have friends who are really, really into horror mm-hmm. and like Halloween is their Christmas. <laughs> right, right, right. I um, mean, it was, it was still just Halloween, but you know, I enjoyed dressing up and, and I enjoyed trying to put together clever costumes as opposed to, um, not clever costumes. Do you have a standout favorite from uh, your childhood Halloweens? Honestly, I have very little recollection of my childhood Halloween uh, costumes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I got nothing. And I don't think my family took a lot of pictures. Um, yeah, I can't think of any. <laughs> Not really. You're, you're trying to I forget? Did you one try to year, forget it? You know what? I think one year I did a Terminator costume. Oh. And this was when I was like 12. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Terminator 2 had just come out. And so I might have even been younger than that. And so I put together like a... Um, like I used some, I think they were constructs or fancy Legos, mm-hmm. and they they had basically a, a light, like a light up piece that was a red piece, and I turned it into like a cyborg eye. Nice. And uh, and then I was like, I'm gonna be the Terminator for Halloween. I think I think I think, and I had the glowing red eye. It was aluminum foil and and like Legos basically. Mm-hmm. Low tech, but effective. Low tech, but still. 
pretty fancy mm-hmm. even now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing like a, a little light to uh, add some pizzazz to a costume. Yep. Um, so you you have been upgrading your tenth Doctor costume, obviously over over the years. And in addition to that, um, what what other what other ways have you been expanding your your who wardrobe? Um, well, I mean, I mean, I've been upgrading slowly my tenth Doctor. I mean, it's still I would call it like a like a like an like a heavy amateur level like it's still it's not a it's not a magnolia suit at all it is mm-hmm. still a thrift store suit but mm-hmm. it totally still reads and i can't beat paying 30 dollars for a 10 no, suit no, not at all um and i got like the the um abbey shot jacket yes. as opposed to um you know one of the one of the, the like a steve ricks jacket so mm-hmm. so i haven't really like upgraded fully but it's again it's totally passable and really the thing that's the most important with 10 is the hair I've totally got that. <laughs> so that's all I need. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you have any tips for a spe- specific hair gel or technique for uh, other tens out there? Uh, you know, I use, you know, just get something. I mean, if you see some of the episodes where it's like windy and like Martha's hair is blowing everywhere and tens hair is not, <laughs> it is like solid. Like they set it up. So just use like a good gel and spray it down when you like it. and It'll stay like all day. Nice. Nice. <laughs> uh, and then you don't get like wet, wet ten. Wet ten, wet, okay. wet hair ten. Read also soon. I like it. All um, right, uh, but I know you've also done some interesting, uh, like you've done um, wedding eleventh doctor with the uh, from Let's Go Hitler with the cane, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's really the only eleventh doctor, and that was mostly just I happened to have like tails, mm-hmm. and so really it was just me, you know, borrowing a top hat and looking at my tails are actually pretty much like I mean tails are pretty standard, mm-hmm. uh, and then I made a sonic cane out of a pool cue. Uh, and like a kind of like a ping pong ball and an 11 screwdriver that I butchered and like stuck it all together and then I had a sonic cane everyone's like yay sonic cane was that from the uh, the RPF how to that was posted right um you know I think it might have been I was actually thinking because I had I had a um pool cue that had broken lying around the house mm-hmm. for forever so mm-hmm. i was actually when that came up i'm like oh i could do that and then i was looking for stuff online about how making sonic cane mm. and there was that that one article like that came out instantly and this guy's like i took a pool cue and hollowed it out it's like oh i can do that that's really easy i have a pool cue it's right here because you and that guy are the only two people i know who have done the sonic cane <laughs> you think that thing would have taken off and people would be like sonic canes and instead right? it's just uh, it's a footnote in sonic history um, but yes, I, I remember you showing up to the uh, the panel um, that day at Gallifrey in that in that costume. Uh, a little late, but uh, quite dashing I, in the tails and the, the cane. If you're gonna if you're gonna barge in late to your your own panel, <laughs> might as well be wearing tails. Might as well be quite dapper. Yeah. Uh, is my if I remember correctly, while I'd seen you, uh, I think around at Comic Con, that when I properly met you, I think is when you recruited me to be part of the repro um, cast. Oh, that joke, right? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. And I, yeah, we had met. Oh, we had met. I think four years ago. I mm-hmm. think it was. I mean, originally I had just seen you on the floor of my first year at Comic Con. I mm-hmm. saw you and you're in your four, and I was like, "Oh my god, you're the best four. And then, and then the following year I saw you, and I was like, "Oh my god, you're the best four. And then I was like, "Wait, I remember you." <laughs> And then I, lo- I looked back through, like, I went back on Facebook, and I looked back through my Facebook, right. and I'm like, that was the best four last year. And then mm-hmm. we started talking, and it turned out we actually lived fairly close to one another. Right. Um, and so, and yeah, then I and then I, I knew that you had and put together an 11, and I recruited you to do a 
regeneration gag for the repo shadow cast that was in San Diego at that com- comic con. And that went over really well. That, that, that was fun. <laughs> and I think it's the only time I've worn the 11th doctor in public. Um, yeah. Uh, it's interesting. Cause I remember when you asked me about it, I asked you which doctor and you're like, I don't care any doctor you can be four. And then, and then I'm like, what are you doing? And when you explain it, I'm like, no, you're lucky. I have the 11th with me for something else. I should be the 11th because then that joke makes sense. Because it would be weird if I stood up after you regenerated from 10 to being 4. What an odd idea that you would backward regenerate. <laughs> not to Eccleston, but to 4. Um, but yeah, no, that was that was fun. I, although, I remember, uh, what was it? Because it was a part... Didn't you have to talk them into the gag, right? Where you would walk in? Yes. Yeah. I mean, to an extent, I mean, I sort of had sort of free reign with gags that, because uh, nobody ever said no. Uh-huh. And uh, so, but yeah, but I was like, so this is, this is, let me, just let me do this. And mm-hmm. they were, and the people in charge were like, oh, okay, well, we, we trust you. Mm-hmm. And it was hilarious. Yes. And like the entire audience literally laughed and applauded for like two minutes into the movie after that. Yeah. If that joke doesn't work at Comic-Con, yeah. it won't work anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was, I mean, that was, oh my God. That was when everyone in the audience went, oh my God, I watched Doctor Who. You watch Doctor Who? We all watch Doctor Who. And that was when everyone knew that it was no longer going to be an underground thing. Yeah, very, no, very true. Yeah. You what was it they uh you came in and you were you were sonicking and they shot you and then I had to be in the front row and then yeah. and then spring up. Yeah. My... I, I they they killed they shot me. I sonicked something and then, you know, the the gag in in the movie it's an actual doctor. And mm-hmm. so the funny the That's right. That's right. That yeah. was the other part of the gag. And yeah. so they they shoot me and then I turned to the audience and I go, oh, I don't want to go. And people literally started screaming already there. And then I went, I fell down and they're like, oh, he's going to regenerate. And then you popped up and they were like, oh my God, he actually regenerated. Yeah. How well thought out this is. So for anyone who was sitting higher than the first two rows, it seemed like a great surprise. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> you could see me crawl over. Um, yeah. And, and my really overly floppy wig that wasn't styled properly at the time. I remember, do you, I, I quoted the, the Matt Smith line of like, you know, uh, you know, am I a girl? Girl, am I ginger and all that and nobody heard me because everybody was yeah screaming yeah it was yeah. it was I remember that and I remember they, and you were like doing the fingers you were like fingers yes and I, I was hearing everything but they couldn't hear yeah you, you could hear me no one else could and then I yeah. but it was brilliant I mean it literally went on and then, you, then we left and then yes and I ran so. off and that was it that was my wonderful that was my brush with repro fame <laughs> um, but fun time fun time and I remember uh, I wore it in the, the gas lamp um, when I was walking around um, to get dinner before I met you and um, it's interesting because, of course, that whole outfit, I mean, it's so that the only photos I have are from that and from a little bit of posing I did outside the convention hall as we caught the shuttle. Mm-hmm. And so before that, as we got dinner, um, the, the, the host knew exactly who I was. And he's like, very cool. Everybody else didn't know who I was. <laughs> and um, I remember walking. And, of course, you know, you're dealing with the Saturday night crowd as well as the geek crowd in uh, the gas lamp. And I remember a lot passing some guys and literally, like, People just going, well, that's a look. Like, didn't understand the idea of, like, who'd wear a bow tie and tweed when they're out in the town, obviously trying to... That's so funny. Yeah, pick up ladies or something. Such an interesting mix in San Diego on Very Friday night. Very interesting, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah. Uh, da, 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 um, what do I want to talk about? What do you consider uh, your most challenging costume that you've put together? Um... Huh. Well, I like to constantly try different things. And I think this actually, I think you kind of asked this earlier and I uh, sideswiped the question. 
but uh, like I, I got into being into steampunk. Mm-hmm. Um, I started doing leather work, mm-hmm. which is actually now like a side business. Like we, I literally sell steampunk watches, watch bands, and holsters and steampunk guns online. Um, and actually, I just made one today. Hmm. Uh, so I've been doing leather work. Like I made a little, like you know, a little Nerf gun. You know, like modding Nerf guns to be steampunk, and then I actually make holsters for them, mm-hmm. and. People love it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, uh, so I did leather work, and then a few months ago, I was like, I think I'd like to try to do. My my fiance Lauren and I got involved in this um, steampunk Star Wars group, mm-hmm. and so we every year we did like the steampunk X Men a couple of years ago, and every year like the group kind of gets together and does steampunk stuff. So we did steampunk Star Wars, and um, I, I was like, I will be C three PO, and Lauren's like what that makes no sense how are you gonna do a steampunk c3po i was like i will use foam and she's like you've never worked with foam before i'm Uh like i will learn how to use foam and create a (laughs) steampunk c3po and it totally worked and it took me about a couple weeks Mm -hmm. uh and it was my first time using foam um and uh learning how to you know cut foam kind of like foam patterns and um, I would have said that was the most challenging because I had that was a, not a skill I had at all. Mm-hmm. Just like decided, I, I you know consulted with uh, my friend Malachi uh, that I'm sure everyone knows. Yes, a previous uh, guest <laughs> on this very podcast. Yeah, uh, and I basically I, I took him out for sushi dinner and I picked his brain and mm-hmm. I was like, tell me everything about how to work with foam, and he did it. And so I was like, great, thanks. And then I left and I made my C3PO, and he was like, that was a really good job. All that from talking to me over sushi. I'm like, I took notes. Well, as I recall, the uh, the Cyberman suit that uh, you currently have that he made was also a good guide. This is well. true. I was I'm currently in possession um, of his Cyberman because he uh, didn't have storage space, and so and I have a storage space by my house, and so he's like, oh, would you like to you know to borrow it so you can keep it in storage? I'm like, yes, I would. I will not do anything with that Cyberman costume at all. <laughs> uh, it will just be in storage. So it's been in my apartment ever since. And uh, so when I was putting together this Steampunk C3, I was able to kind of look at what he had done with that costume and use it as a template. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, in retrospect, when I told him that I was like using the Steampunk or the Cyberman as a kind of a template, kind of, not really. Mine doesn't look anything like his. It's just the basic concepts. He's like, oh, well, I have, I, I could have sent you patterns for the, the Cyberman costume. I was like, you have patterns? He's like, oh, yeah, I have patterns for everything. Thanks for telling me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you have to learn. You have to learn yeah, these things. This is true. It was, it yeah. was a good learning. And now I have, I have patterns. And, my, mm-hmm. and my, you know, my, my C-3PO looks absolutely nothing like a Cyberman. And it, was, and it looks actually like C-3PO. So people recognized it like right off the bat when, oh, that's we, cool. when we did our group. It was, there was absolutely no question in anyone's mind what I was, which, mm-hmm. is, which is what you want to go for, especially right, when right. you're doing like an interpretive character like, like steampunk whatever. Mm-hmm. You, know, you don't want people to go, that? I don't understand what that is. Mm-hmm. Is it easy a robot? Everyone's like, oh, C-3PO. Mm-hmm. It, it probably didn't hurt that my fiance was um, steampunk Leia. Sure, so we were. It totally works having Leia and C-3PO me like trailing ball behind her, mm-hmm. flailing my arms. In actuality, because I couldn't see. Sure, sure. Um, wow, yeah. That's <laughs> That's definitely, and I can relate being a, in the other Cyberman costume, which you have worn too, you know. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I remember walking in on you and you seemed very absorbed in adding fake rivets to that costume. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The fake rivets looked great, but they were, I mean, literally every seam had a piece of foam attached to it with rivets on it to give it the impression that it was, you know, riveted. 
And it was probably, I didn't count, but it was probably over a hundred foam rivets mm -hmm. that I cut out. I punched out with like a leather tool and just hand glued them on mm -hmm. a couple of hours. I think I went through like three or four episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer watching. That's what you do. Those, yeah. That's what you do. That's how you do it to stay sane. You just marathon some, yep. some sci-fi show and yeah, I hear you. Um, what was that thing you used for the chess piece that, uh, oh, a lumen disc, mm -hmm. um, I had purchased a friend of mine, um, up in, uh, Canada who had actually worked on the repo, the genetic opera movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I had known him from like way back 2004, 2005. Um, he posted a picture of himself. He's a big steampunk mm -hmm. and he posted a picture of himself with a, a holster, like a leather, um, I don't know what to call that shoulder harness thing that had this that looked like one of those balls that you used to get in the science store that you could touch it and the you know the the beam would go to your finger but it was a disc and so i emailed him and i'm like what is that thing mm -hmm. it's called oh it's called a lumen disc you can get them on amazon they're they're not that expensive they're like 20 bucks um so i got one mm -hmm. not having any idea what i was ever going to do with it but i'm like this will be cool in something someday okay and uh and then when i was putting together the c3po i was like the center the chest piece should be a lumen disc because it's got that circular chest piece and this one, you know, not, it's not the original, it's an interpretation. So I popped it in the back and it actually looked really, really cool. Mm -hmm. So I was happy, I was really happy actually with how that came out. No, it was, it was really effective and, um, you know, it's funny, I, I really, um, I've only seen like one picture of the finished costume, I really need to, <laughs> to get other angles on it, but it looked very very effective uh, i think we're planning on doing it for kamikaze i think we're going to enter okay, in the cool. steampunk group even awesome. if we don't enter in the steampunk group um lauren and i will definitely be entering into their costume contest they don't really do a masquerade mm -hmm. i hope they continue to not do a masquerade because their costume contest is really low-key mm -hmm. um so we're definitely going to enter in that and hopefully more of the group will come because we had we had actually a pretty big group of comic con uh, i think maybe four or five of us can do it for um kamikaze, kamikaze. cool Cool. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of what, um, what is your favorite convention or event to cosplay at? Um, I, I really, I mean, I enjoy, I like the different types of conventions. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't like, I don't go to Comic-Con and Dragon-Con cause I feel like they're very similar. Mm -hmm. Um, so otherwise I'd be probably way more into going to Dragon-Con cause I, I hear that it's very, very cosplay centric. Um, but I like for big, like showing off costumes, I like Comic-Con for small, intimate things. I really like the Gallifrey one. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's honestly like consistently like one of my favorite conventions, not just to, to cosplay at, but to meet people at and to hang out with friends that I don't see all the time. Sure, we're sure. all, I, we all like to just get to chill for a weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, I like, uh, the, the Gas Lamp Gathering is my favorite steampunk convention. It's down in San Diego. Mm -hmm. And that's actually, it's really cool because they have these workshops and that's where I learned to work with leather. Mm. Like originally I took like a workshop and uh, I took a workshop and my fiance took a, a hat making workshop and then we got done with our workshops and I said, hey, that's a really cool hat. And she says, hey, that's a really cool leather arm bracer. And we looked at each other like, do you think we could make leather hats? Mm. And that's how we started working it. And so I ended up buying more and more like leather stuff. So now I can make a little bit of everything. Nice. So nothing huge. Like I'm all about the accessories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, you can make them, you can bang them out in a couple of hours usually um, and sell them very easily online, which is mm -hmm. very handy. Um, nice, nice. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so I haven't really tried any big, big leather projects like leather armor or anything like that. Um, I'd really like to eventually do the 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 
vortex manipulator, the cabin jack vortex manipulator. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's sort of like I've, I have tons of like pictures of that to study, and like eventually, I'm pretty sure I can make a pretty decent one on that. Mm-hmm. So I just I just haven't had the time. It takes a little while to come up with a pattern. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, obviously, the more complex, the more it's going to be an issue. What do you think you could do? The um, what I call like the what you were I think just describing the brigadier style with the shoulder strap gun holster belt. Oh yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually did something like that for my steampunk cyclops. Actually, that was like the first non uh, hat project that I worked on. Uh, and it was yeah, it was very similar like that. Except it had the X Men symbol up in the upper um, left hand like chest corner. Uh, but I went across there. I didn't have. Did I have a holster? I don't think I had a holster because I was Cyclops, so I shot lasers out of my face. <laughs> yeah, um, um, but that was that was a really great costume actually because um, it looked like it was like part. Um, yeah, obviously the leather work I remember. Yeah, you were working on, but the visor I remember was a really neat thing. How did you go about that? Oh yeah, that was a modded um, cast of a like X. And you know, I think it was from X two. Uh, the X2 Cyclops visor, mm-hmm. um, you know, I found online, you know, this company that makes, um, like, I guess they're uh, casts of, from the original mold or something close. Mm-hmm. And I ordered it and it comes, you know, very without anything on it. And then I, I ordered a strip of uh, red LED lights and got, you know, stuck a, you know, calculator battery in them. So it was all self-contained. So I pushed that on the side of the visor and the like five or six lights light up. Um, that was also kind of my first you know, foray into like amateur electronics, like mm-hmm. battery, power switch, LED, fairly simple circuits. But, but I was like, ah, let's see how this works. I don't really get how this works. I do, I remember like sixth grade earth science. Nice. Where they taught us like, here's how you work with a battery. But it came out really well actually. Yeah, this, the the visor was definitely it made the costume. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Sometimes it's all about the uh, the pizzazz factor, um, as you say. Uh, a well placed light can sometimes be. Yeah. Yeah, and if you're going to do Cyclops, you know, you have to get the visor right. You can fudge on other details, especially, mm-hmm. again, with an interpretation. Right. But you can't, like, because I saw, I saw, there was a group I saw that had um, another, like, steampunk X-Men group. Mm-hmm. And I think their Cyclops just had, like, you know, rose-colored steampunk glasses. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I kind of get that, but... You you need to have the visor if yeah. you're going to be Cyclops. Yeah, yeah. But they were they were more of like a Victorian steampunk group, and ours was definitely like an an action, like an action ready steampunk group. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I borrow a lot from old West elements. Like I like the high boots, uh, and a lot of the actually a lot of the the base clothes come from um, like equivalent websites to gentlemen's emporium which is supplies like old west yep. reenactment Very and, familiar uh, with them, yep. you know there's like a cowboy store down in san diego that i go to and mm-hmm. they just happen to have the stuff there because that's what the cowboys wear mm-hmm. um yeah no it's why well, it's it sounds like it's a neat it's funny it's uh, i've been into cosplay for i guess at least about a decade now oh boy time flies and um <laughs> I've never fully uh, gotten into steampunk, even though I, I greatly admire it. When I have seen your meetups, I remember, uh, you know, seeing not only the X Men or the Star Wars people, but like even um, that really fantastic Buzz Lightyear. Oh yeah, the steampunk Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. That was amazing. Um, and I've never, I've never, and maybe it's because it's interpretive, and I'm all about recreating stuff. But, but then it gives you all that great freedom. I mean, is that? Would you say that's really like your main? area of cosplay that you go to first over recreation yeah yeah i tend actually i don't like recreation 
a ton. I really prefer interpretation mm -hmm. um, because it gives you more freedom and it's really neat. You can think of clever ways to, to do things differently. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's why when I, when I do, you know, I like to do see the steampunk stuff, like, cause you, there's so much interpretation. It's like, Oh, this is what, you know, my steampunk, steampunk interpretation of, you know, the Joker. And you know, I've seen that too. Um, there was a steampunk Batman group two years ago and they're amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but there's so much fun because they're like they're all interpretive like right, it's just, right. like that's how they interpret it so it's 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 actually really really cool I think to to be able to take something like that because it shows that you have to know you have to know both things that you're interpreting equally well mm -hmm. this isn't just you know I'm making this screen accurate thing I know this one thing really well it's like well I'm making I I know what is the screen accurate version and I know what is the like what is the steampunk aesthetic and putting them together and trying to balance so that people recognize that you're, you're both of those things. Mm -hmm. I think to me, that's the challenge. So, I mean, people usually get that you're steampunk something. Sure. Um, and sometimes they're like, Oh, are you steampunk? I'm not really sure. Or the other flip of the coin is, Oh, you're, you look like kind of a crappy version of this thing. And I'm like, no, it's steampunk. Mm -hmm. So, I, I like to avoid those those two scenarios and people go right. oh you're steampunk Cy cyclops that's awesome mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, what for people uh, starting out in the world of steampunk where would you uh, tell them to start in terms of resources whether online or meetups um man i i would say depending on where they where you live um you know go to a steampunk convention or look for a meetup here in um, los angeles we're lucky enough to have like a steampunk store um we have clockwork um, uh, Couture uh, in Burbank and uh, there is a steampunk store and they have a TARDIS so they're very Hoobie nice. friendly mm -hmm. um, and they do these craft fairs every now and then we've done a couple of these craft fairs and have been very fairly successful at them um, and so it's a really good like first place to go mm -hmm. um, they then you, you tend to meet people because a lot of it is just sort of meeting the people that are involved um but you know, there's t there's the San Diego convention. There's a couple of like local steampunk conventions. I would say go go do that. You know, have a see check out the aesthetic and see if that's something you really dig. Because mm -hmm. it's a lot of, because um, eventually everyone that gets involved in in steampunk fashion usually ends up becoming one of those people that makes their own stuff, mm -hmm. regardless of what it is, if it's gadgets or costume bits or whatever. Mm -hmm. Very few steampunkers don't have something that they do to make their own stuff. Like they, they don't outsource a lot. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Cause obviously there's a lot of cosplayers that to some degree by or large, they are outsourcing or they are commissioning or whatnot. And that's perfectly fine, but it does sound like steampunk is much more hands-on because of the creativity involved. And because it's not like, um, a recreationist thing where everybody wants a screen accurate a phaser, you know, it's like everyone has to interpret and come up with their own thing. If anything, it's probably a huge faux pas if you have the exact same, I don't know, armor piece or something. Oh, else. yeah, yeah. And there's actually, I mean, as much as there, the cosplay community is very um, relaxed about their their cosplay. So but so I, I'm not going to say that there's a huge controversy because there really isn't controversy mm -hmm. in the steampunkers, except mm -hmm. that one of the big debates is, uh, is it, you know, steampunk to modify Nerf guns. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, as a lot of people have the Nerf Maverick, which they've, they've painted and modified to make become steampunk. And that's mm -hmm. like a big thing in the steampunk community. And a lot of people go, that's just, that's a modded Nerf gun. You didn't do anything to that, but paint it. Um, 
But there's, you know, but at the same time, modding stuff like that actually does, you know, it takes a bit of artistic talent. Like right. there, so some, some people are like, oh, I like to make my own things from scratch around with things I have around the house, like, uh, mm-hmm. doorknobs and clothes pins and vacuum tubes and they make that. And then there's other people who come with the nerded, the, the modded Nerf guns and it, I don't see a, a problem with either one, so there isn't. I mean, and again, it's not really a controversy. It's just sort of a debate about, you know, our modded ste- Nerf guns, quote unquote, steampunk. Be well. Is this is this about simply you should be making everything? From yeah, scratch? yeah. It's sort of like that. Well, you know, that's great, but you took an already existing a project and just recolored it. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, the, I you know, event, I make stuff from scratch out of like you know stuff that I find around the house or, or hardware store stuff. And so, and you know, is it which one's better? I mean, mm-hmm. one of them, I think one of them is you know, one, I've I've done both. Mm-hmm. I think modding Nerf guns is fun because you actually get to decide on the color, mm-hmm. and uh, you can make them look really really cool, and they become little works of art. Mm-hmm. Not and then there's if you make stuff out of scratch, it's still it's still a work of art. It's just a different medium. Right. Like one of them is you're really working with different paints, and the other one you're actually physically working with items. So mm-hmm. I think it's all art, and it's just different mediums. Have you ever seen a, a really wild interpretation of steampunk? Like I, when I think of steampunk, obviously I think of, you know, um, essentially leather and brass is what I tend to think of, um, and uh, and kind of muted tones. So does anyone ever try to kind of push that and either do kind of a, a further crossover or kind of push it out into an outer limit of, of what steampunk can do? Um, I mean, I think the the most. I feel like a lot of the like pushing the limits in steampunk has to do with the accessories. A lot, mm-hmm. a lot of people are into backpacks now, mm-hmm. where they make their own backpack out of some sort of wood, and the backpack serves some sort of function. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually, there's like glowing bits and things that rotate and maybe bubble or something. Um, let's see, steampunk Buzz Lightyear was pretty out there. Yeah, but again, I talked to the guy, and that was just he had a Buzz Lightyear costume, oh. and he was kind of bored with it, so he decided to just steampunk it. Oh. So he switched out. He already had the base costume, which he had made, and it was made of foam. But he just sort of switched out some of the the, the knobs for you know dials, like gas dials and stuff like that. Uh, again, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, All because he was bored with the costume, right? Yeah, like he. I guess he had it for two years. He's like, I wanted to change it up. Um, Good for him. That's <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah, no, I just, I just always kind of wonder, cause you're right. Uh, when you say backpack, I think of the, the steampunk ghostbusters. I sometimes see who have the, yeah. the steampunk proton packs. Yeah. The, the league of steam, um, really, they, they really push the envelope. They, they kind of, they, there's a group of, you know, people that get together and really like help each other to create these amazing, amazing things. Mm-hmm. Um, many of them are engineers uh, so like they have a functioning, you know, bolo cannon. They they <laughs> shoot and it's air pressure and they trap people. It's amazing. Wow. Um, you know, all of their stuff like works and they have a couple like they have a uh, you know, an electric uh, motor and you wind it and it, you know, turns on it turns on this prong that they have and if you touch the prong you'll get electrocuted. So it's usually, usually they, I mean, it's fun for party games because mm-hmm. there's a very small amount of voltage. So if you get a bunch of people in a circle and they all join hands and then they each, the ones on the end touch the prong, mm-hmm. everyone gets a jolt of electricity. Wow. And they, you know, it's really, it's, it's, it's pretty much fun to watch. Um, they also have boxing matches with 
Tesla versus Edison mm. with the two different types of types of electricity. Like mm -hmm. they have a generator for Edison and he's mm -hmm. got like a couple of boxing gloves. And actually I think he has the prong and then they have Tesla, like Tesla batteries attached to boxing gloves. Uh -huh. And every time that he makes contact, they get like a thousand volts. Oh wow. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty hilarious. That's kind of pushing the envelope as far as steam. Yeah. Goes. Yeah. That's, that sounds like quite the, uh, <laughs> sounds like quite a debate. Um, now, when you say League of uh, Steam, is this uh, like a group or is this a, a forum somewhere people can check out? Um, it is. It's a web series. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's actually. I think they started as a web series, but they're they're a group of makers. We call we call them makers because they make stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but they're a group of uh, people get together and they they do a regular web series. Uh, they've won many awards for their web series, but they also appear at conventions and mm -hmm. they'll appear at parties. Hmm. Um, you know, and um, but they they do several conventions throughout the year, like steampunk conventions. They'll go to Tucson or um, you know upstate. I think they might they might go to like the Seattle SteamCon, mm -hmm. um, and they've been getting further and further out with how far they're going for these conventions because people keep hiring them. So hmm. they're they're actually a legitimate business. Oh, that's great. That's great. Uh, but in terms of uh, like a, a resource, is there like a, a good go to forum or website people can check out? I'm, I'm saying this also for the people that are not in Los Angeles that might be looking around. For yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there is as far as a resource goes for, um, but I don't know if something like VRPF that's just steampunk. I mean, I'm sure that the RPF probably has steampunk threads, mm -hmm. um, but I don't know anything like that offhand. Mm -hmm. I might think of something during the course of this conversation. Okay. All right. Um, no, it's just as I say. I always, I always find it fascinating. Of course, when I think of steampunk, I'm thinking of uh, not only what we've just been talking about, but I also think of Wild Wild West, and I think, of course, of the season fourteen um, console room, <laughs> and, <laughs> and of course uh, Paul McGann, which you have done that costume now as well. I know you started wearing mine. Yeah, because uh, you make a fine eight, don't you, mm, CJ? Well, thank you. And. Uh, and then at what point did you decide, I'm just going to put together my own? I'm I think done. it was after like the third or fourth time I had borrowed your costume. And I'm like, A, I really like this costume. Mm -hmm. And B, I should probably stop borrowing Bob's costume <laughs> if I'm going to be wearing it all the time. So, so yeah, so I had my own made. Uh, and it is, it's awesome. I enjoy wearing it greatly. I still haven't, I still, I'm still borrowing your wig. Yes. So that's that's the next. I just need to finish out the wig, uh, the shoes, and the like the accessories mm -hmm. for the most part. Right. So and that's sort of been on my back burner because with Comic Con, um, yeah, there's just been a billion things. Sure, sure. Uh, I know. Yeah, life gets in the way. But it, I I always thought it was funny the way you were uh, always texting me progress on uh, linings and. Uh, velvets and buttons you were finding and I go oh yeah it's, it was part of me going like yeah I'm glad to help but there was that part of me going oh yeah I remember when I was there yeah, <laughs> yeah the velvet and you actually scored a really good lining that is uh, fairly close to the original um, yeah my hat's off to you there that was uh, an Etsy find wasn't it uh, yeah I found yeah. it I, I found it on the internet and mm -hmm. it, yeah I think it was an Etsy uh, that some I, I was totally I ordered a blind it's like forest green uh, brocade uh in sort of that leafy pattern mm -hmm. that that is on the inside of the you know the original and it came it showed up and i'm like this is perfect mm -hmm. like i haven't seen anything i've seen stuff that's come close mm -hmm. but it's a really like pronounced brocade yeah. like it's got texture to it very much so. um and that's you know from seeing the original eight jacket we're like oh this is this is like uh fabric like 
upholstery fabric. Yeah, it's <laughs> almost what I call a bed cover fabric. I yeah. Mean, it's very, um, yeah, it's cool, but it's not the kind of thing you would ever think they would normally put in the lining of a coat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know that, uh, uh, what's his name? Sparky42 on the forum. Uh, his last uh, attempt at the uh, the lining was to get uh, literally, yeah, like um, bed duvet covers and dye them green. And the pattern he found is remarkably similar, like what you found. But I mean, you liked that finding it in the right color and in fabric. You don't have to like, you know, yeah. go jury rigging bed covers. Yeah, and it was relatively inexpensive, mm-hmm. like comparatively. I think it was less than ten dollars a yard. And yeah. I only needed a couple of yards. The, the perfect storm, basically, right there. I keep half debating changing out my lining, but it, it it comes to a point where it's the lining. It's like, yeah, I care, but yeah, yeah. I and I don't, I don't feel. I mean, your, your jacket's great. <laughs> yeah, it's like, why, why do I want to mess with it? Like, I don't think... I, I mean, even though I'm extraordinarily proud of the lining, I think possibly the most, no one has come up to me and been like, oh, nice lining. <laughs> <laughs> no one. <laughs> the day that happens, that's 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 the day I'd say uh, <laughs> you've won. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, no, very good point. Very good point. That's why I do wonder about the... you know, And it's like, look, I know Devil's in the details and it's all great, but... Uh, like the guys who do the ninth Doctor jacket, and they want to get that specific striped sleeve lining. Yep. And I salute that. I completely do. But there's another part of it that goes, "Who's ever going to check that unless they're another cosplayer who yeah. literally will be looking at it probably when you're not wearing it." Yeah. Right. So yeah, um, I, I hear you. I hear you. You've basically done uh, the tenth, eighth, and eleventh Doctor. Have you done any other Doctors? I'm forgetting. Um. You briefly did the fourth Doctor for us as part of the skit with Jadun. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it was Jadun. It was Jadun's fourth Doctor. fourth Doctor, yeah. It was really just a hat and a scarf. I don't think it was a hat. It was like the scarf. The wig. And the, the, the wig and the scarf. Yeah. I don't even count that. Uh, okay. All right. So you've done three Doctors. Which one do you like doing the most? Um, well, I like... Uh, ten is the best for just going out. Like mm-hmm. I, I've gone out in ten. Mm-hmm. Just It's a great suit. Um, you know, especially when it gets colder here. It's just very nice. Eight is... I mean, you have to, you know, eight works really well in different situations. Like eight works great at steampunk conventions. Oh yeah, because you did the panel as eight. Yeah, and that's nobody what... really called me on that either. Hmm. Um, they all just thought that I was. Um, they probably thought I was Wild Bill Hickok. Right. I'm not Whoa. sure. Whoa. Um, so yeah, like the because of the aesthetic of eight is very steam. The aesthetic of eight generally is very steampunk. The right. artists and the costume. So mm-hmm. nobody questions it at a steampunk convention, but. You know, it isn't something I would wear, mostly because of the wig. Yeah. Yeah, because of the wig, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm no, I'm no Kevin Kittredge when it comes to wigs. <laughs> but I, I don't necessarily enjoy wearing them. Yeah, but you look good in it, so hey, it's all about, it's all about what looks good. This is true. Yeah, they get kind of hot, that's my big Yeah. Point. Yeah. I mean, it's still not as hot as like a robot head. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Any, anything where you're putting a helmet over your head. And the rest of your body is covered, ooh, in a wetsuit, no less. Yeah. Yeah, which you know all too well. I keep thinking, like, no one knows the, the, the pain of being a Cyberman. I'm like, oh, no. I know. You, I know, know that pain. It's yeah. terrible. You know, <laughs> you've been in Morbius and the Cybermen, so. I've been in, yeah, I've now been in two Cybermen and and Morbius. I know all of them, all of the pain. All of the pain, yeah. But the but the, the Cyberman, the, the, the wetsuit Cyberman is by far the worst. Yes, yes. <laughs> I love it because I love how it looks. Yeah. I really do. No, it looks fantastic, and that's really the only thing that keeps you going. Yes, it really is. I think I, there was a point I wore it um, at Gallifrey in 10 or 11, and uh, I passed by a mirror, 
and I could just see enough out of those eye holes, which I know have mesh in them, to, to hide the fact if someone flashes you with a camera that you won't see human eyes in there, that I could just see my like my waist up, and I went, I look badass. <laughs> and that gave me a little extra oomph, yeah. a little extra lift there to keep marching around, because I was starting to really feel a sweat after a while. Uh, Malachi keeps uh, saying that he wants to help me do a new base suit for it. Mm -hmm. out of a, a different fabric to make it a little easier to get into and not as restrictive. And I salute that, and I'm sure we can make the legs better as one piece, and I'm all for that. But it will lose a little something. Without, <laughs> a little charm. A little charm without the wetsuit. Uh, not that I'll ditch the wetsuit. I'll probably keep it around just in case. I think the hardest thing really is the fact i got to keep repainting it. That thing is... Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, when you take it off, you're full of paint flakes. And yeah, because you, 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 the only way to successfully get out of that is to literally turn the entire thing inside out. Yes. And all of the paint flakes off. Yeah, oh, I that, think I, I warned you about the bathtub part, right? You had to be... Yeah, yeah. no, but still, the poor, poor woman that had to clean the hotel room at Gallifrey that year. Yeah. <laughs> that bathroom was a mess. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, no, I... Trust me, I've been there. When, um... Well, yeah. Okay. Um... Was it, oh, so wait... Cyberman pause. Let's talk Jadoon. Oh, okay. So tell me about the Jadoon. How did that come together? Uh, the Jadoon was my first monster costume that I decided to put together. And again, you, you live and learn. And I didn't know how to work with foam at that point. So um, the helmet itself is actually made of paper mache. That was fantastic, by the way. Uh, thank you. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a layer of paper mache, and it's coated with friendly plastic. Mm -hmm. um, it was during the point when I was learning about uh, cosplay crafts, and I learned about Friendly Plastic and um, a couple of the other ones that are heat-activated, basically heat-activated plastic. And uh, so, yeah, so I, I literally coded, and it took a ridiculous amount of time. In retrospect, I should have just learned how to use foam mm -hmm. because it would have been so much easier than, than coding that. But it, it came out fairly well, and it was mm -hmm. a good first attempt. And then the... It reads really well. So the um, and it came across because I was shopping at um, like it's a wrap, like the, um, the Hollywood clothing store, like that has like secondhand movie used things. I know. Mm -hmm. um, I know, but maybe our audience does not know. I brought it up before, but if you've okay. not listened to this podcast before, <laughs> it is exactly as CJ described. All right. uh, and I found a suit. It was like a. It was basically a modified umpire's uniform like a baseball umpire's uniform that they, oh. had, that they had used in what i think was the movie the island okay for like guards so it was already sort of modded uh and but it was you know it was it was like it just needed it basically it was armor it was a suit of armor um and so and it was, i think it was blue i think it was like like dark blue mm -hmm. and I looked at it and thought, wow, I could totally make a Jadoon costume out of this. Mm -hmm. So I bought it, and it was it was actually pretty expensive. In retrospect, I don't know where I had that money. Um, so I bought it. And, where does all of our cosplay money come right? from? Right? I don't even know. I was mm -hmm. like, I can do a Jadoon. I've got money. <laughs> uh, I must have just gotten paid or something like that. Uh, so I took it home and you know painted all of the um, uh, you know painted the, all of the armor black and. Um, then I created, I got like basically, <laughs> I got like a Roman soldier like costume and then took the, the front plate out that looks like, you know, like you're all buff mm -hmm. and then ripped that out, turned that into the front of the Jadoon costume. Because, mm -hmm. um, you know, they look like, they look like they're, they're ripped, like they're, they're yeah, yeah. like, yeah. And then I had a friend of mine, um, 
sew the jadoon, like the, the leather skirt. Right. Uh, the, the kilt or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And she did an amazing job on it. Uh, and like that came in the mail, I think the day before Gallifrey. Oh yeah. I remember I that. was like freaking out. Cause like they didn't want to, like the people, the post office, like didn't want to deliver it without me signing for it. Mm. And so they showed up and I think I ended up having to like to drive to Inglewood to get it or something like that. Cause I think it was like FedEx or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. So, so that was the genesis of the Jadoon. Um, it's, you know, it's seen better days. It, the armor is backed up with like a piece of plywood to keep it sturdy so that it doesn't actually flex very well. Cause mm. the back is, um, uh, I forget what it's called. It's, it's like, it's like friendly plastic. Um, and what I'd like to do is to redo the helmet, but in a foam because mm-hmm. the helmet is very, very heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, the whole costume is actually very, very heavy, but the, the helmet is heavy and I can't see very well unless I bend down, like crouch over. All right. Which so goes yeah. with the idea of the Jadun. You're always right. kind of crouching. Yeah. They always, they are always kind of crouchy. Um, so it works out, but I'd rather do that. I'd like to do the, the foam helm, helmet out of foam and re- redo the visibility factor on it. Uh, yeah, I know, because just having it on briefly, I noticed, yes, exactly, to see out, you really are bending almost halfway over. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, it literally towers over people. It makes yeah. me it makes me taller because mm-hmm. of the way that it's made. Um, it, it actually makes me look more intimidating because it's all thick armor. Like, mm-hmm. it's actually a good, good, you know, it's a really good read, um, you know, with the exception of the helmet. Now, you got the um, the character options, uh, Jadun... What was it marker thing that has a oh yeah the Jadoon scanner yeah that's a scanner and then uh, but you made the gun right yeah I did and I in retrospect again I wish I knew more about stuff because mm-hmm. I I took I, I made a, a, a an amazing clay sculpture of the gun mm-hmm. and then I coated it in like friendly plastic and lost all the detail it was mm-hmm. very and I was like oh but it's so good I wish I I should have in retrospect cast it mm-hmm. and made like a a resin gun out of it but yes. i did not know how to do that at the time and ah. so eventually i mean i still have the gun and friendly plastic kind of melts off i'm i'm hoping someday i can literally melt off the friendly plastic to get to the clay gun underneath and then maybe cast it maybe it, there's a small chance because the cl- clay and friendly plastic do not bond mm-hmm. it literally it, it just bonded to itself because i covered it in a coat right, so right right i'm hoping that if i heat it up with the heat gun it might just go away but then I'm, i risk the run run the risk of also damaging the clay underneath yeah, with the heat right so i don't know again coulda woulda shoulda <laughs> learning curve learning yeah, curve wish i had known about casting back then and how actually not difficult it is mm-hmm to cast something like that. I didn't realize how bulky that costume truly was till I, I borrowed it and saw it all in that giant bag. Yep. And, uh, and poor Malachi, good trooper for, uh, no, no pun intended there, uh, for putting it on and wearing it for the big Hubowski. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Good times. Um, so, uh, what other costumes am I forgetting about here? Steampunk, Cyclops, C3PO, Jadoon, Doctors, Anything else with repro or no? I don't. I don't think so. I didn't really do any like real real costumes for that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mostly. I mean, I have like a five or six different steampunk variations, mm-hmm. um, and like I have a couple of like I have a steampunk tenth doctor oh. that I've done, mm-hmm. um, which is mostly sort of like you know an underneath um, a 
a few years ago they were making a fabric a wool fabric that looked very similar to the the magnolia fabric oh yeah um it was brown wool Mm -hmm. and i got the pants out of it and then they did and there was this amazing vest that they made it was a double breasted four jacket vest very steampunk in that same style like it was and it was like you know it's just like brown but with blue pinstripes which Mm -hmm. you just don't see very often true um, and then they discontinued the vest before I could buy it. So I was like, Ugh. I know, because that would have been like the ultimate, like, 10th Doctor variation mm-hmm. for yeah, steampunk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping someday I'll, I'll find out, like, one of these convention sales where they have, like, oh, clearance stuff. We don't need this anymore. Because mm-hmm. um, it was kind of amazing. And they, I think they discontinued the fabric, too. <laughs> so, but I have the pants. And so it works together with a steampunk 10. That's the way it works with all things, it seems. Um, so I, I'm pretty sure you probably answered this with the leather, but is, uh, is that your favorite material to work with or to be foam now? Uh, no, I really, really enjoy working with the leather. It's much more, the foam is, is workable. It's fresh. It's a very frustrating medium, mm-hmm. especially cause I'm not buying professional grade quality foam. Mm-hmm. I'm using commercially available foam, uh, from like mats mm-hmm. like that you buy at the hardware store. Uh, which works surprisingly well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really enjoy working with the leather because it's more of like a craftsmanship thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like everything that I create with leather, everything comes out differently no matter what. And mm-hmm. it all comes out really, really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so I enjoy, you know, I make these um, steampunk watches that are just basically, they're, I think they're inch and a half. They're, they're like, you know, the the type of watches that you can see all the gears in mm-hmm. and i make a brand new band and i make a band out of leather and it's about a, about an inch and a half to two inch band so it's pretty it's like that mm-hmm. um and people love them like mm-hmm. not just the fact that they they are a popular selling item in our, in my etsy shop mm-hmm. but people legitimately say um these are amazing do you make more hmm. we got because we were at san diego comic-con um, in the art show. Hey, they haven't given us our check yet. Uh oh, that's that's not good. <laughs> Just that was a month ago. That. Just remember that. Yeah, follow up there. Um, but uh, but we were in the San Diego Comic Con art show, and we sold a couple of items. Most of the things that we sold were watches and bracelets. Mm-hmm. And I guess at some point, um, we we didn't like have or the, someone couldn't get to the art show or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but they saw, because we were visible from the um, sales pavilion area, because we were right on the cusp there. Mm-hmm. And so they, they, we had cards, but they couldn't take them because you weren't allowed to get close. They found um, my fiance's name from who was vending, tracked down her private Facebook, uh. and was like, I need to have one of those watches. Oh. How do I find them? And so she linked her, this person to the Etsy store. Mm-hmm. and But they had no clue because they couldn't get to the... I mean, it was just amazing that they this guy went to this length to yeah, track no down yeah. f- for you know one of these watches. I mean, every time we've made these watches and sold them uh, at like an art sale or a craft, they've, they've sold out like every time. Hmm. Um, so, and it's, and they're fun to make. Like I really enjoy working with leather. That's cool. Um, because each, each one is totally different. I'm like, how can I make this different? How can I make it slightly, you know, slightly more interesting? Mm -hmm. And of course they get better and easier to make each time. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, how many do you make at a time? Depends. Mm -hmm. 
Um, sometimes I'll just make one. I'll like, I'll get bored and I'll be like, oh, before lunch, I'll make a watch. Sometimes I think the most I've made was five at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the, basically the day before Comic-Con when oh, I needed right. to have a bunch of watches to show. Mm-hmm. And so I had five, four or five watch faces. I'm like, I will make five watches. They mm-hmm. will all be different. And mm-hmm. so we made them. So I think the most I've made at one time is five. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just a matter of. And the easy thing when you work with, uh, you know, doing more than one, you, you know, you it's a, it's a three or four step process. You can do all of them. You know, cutting the leather is one step, so you can cut all of them in one step, mm-hmm. and then you tool all of them, and then you dye all of them, and then you you know, do the finishing touches. So it's it's actually I can make a lot more if I you know make them all together. Right, right. But sometimes I just want to make one, like which is cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you have any? Um tips or recommendations for anyone who wishes to start tooling leather um take take a class uh it's actually really really easy to start the 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 most um the most intensive thing is just buying the right tools Mm -hmm. because everything like as you go through you can you can get by with like I mean, the first thing I ever tried cutting, I tried using like kitchen scissors and it was a nightmare. Mm-hmm. And so I go to the store, I'm like, oh, do you have scissors? Like, oh yeah, we have really nice scissors. And I got the really nice scissors home and they cut through the leather like butter. Mm-hmm. It was so easy. Um, so, and I mean, those are like 40 or $50 scissors. Mm-hmm. So it's like, there's an investment there to right. like, just to make life easier on yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you can't usually buy a small amount of leather. Mm, you yeah. usually have to buy the smallest you can get is a shoulder. Mm. And I mean, those run, you know, 40 to 50 bucks cheaper if you go to the right place. Um, but even a shoulder is like big. Mm-hmm. Like I can I can literally make probably at least a dozen watches, if not two dozen watches off of a shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, um, but I mean, I just started taking a class. There's a leather, you know, the leather store locally offers Saturday instruction. Oh. So you go, if you buy their like beginning leather craft kit, which is what I bought, um, then you get free classes and you can go in and you can make projects or they tell you how to do stuff or help you out. Hmm. So, and they're super, super nice people. Like every time I go in, because um, there, there's two places to buy leather here, basically in Los Angeles. One is the Tandy Leather Company, right. mm-hmm. and they're the more commercial, more expensive, um, you know, store. They have less of a selection. And then there's Save More Leather, which is down just outside the Garment District, and mm-hmm. they have a ton of leather, and it's much, much cheaper. But they're not there to help you. Mm. Like they're like, what do you want? Okay, cool. Here you go. And it ends up being like half as much. Mm-hmm. But if you go to like the Tandy Leather Store, I'm like, oh, how can I make this, you know, do this? And they would tell you, they, they told me um, how to do basic water water forming, which is, uh, you know, how you shape leather using water. Um, and stuff like that. Like, oh, rivet setting like this. Oh, you want to put a snap on it? It's like this. And they, I, one time I was like, how do you put a snap on something? Because I wanted to make these snap bracelets. And the guy's like, come on and I'll show you. And he took out a snap case and was like hammered in and was like, here you go. This is how snaps work. Take this so that you have a reference. So I'm like, super awesome. So it sounds like Tandy for uh, help and instruction, maybe just getting you going. And then when you really need serious supplies and save some money, you go to save more. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Very if cool. you and if you want bulk, go to save more. But if you just want like a small piece to start, mm-hmm. or like a couple of varieties, go to Tandy. Mm-hmm. Nice, very nice. Um, you know, at some point, and I recognize this is a huge jump from you know watches and bracelets, but uh, I still one day want to do the Malcolm Reynolds coat. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. And I'm sure I'm not the only one who... I'm sure there are people that have already traveled this road. I'm a little behind there, but I always still think, oh, I want to still do that code. I, I just rewatch Firefly for anyone who <laughs> needs yeah. to guess, but yeah. I, I mean, honestly, like, the, the Abbey Shot coat is really close. Really? That, no, do they still sell that? They thought, do not still sell yeah, it. I heard but if stop. you can find it, mm-hmm. it's it's a really the amount of pain that will go that goes into making a leather jacket like uh-huh. a suede jacket like that. Yeah. Suede is not a fun material to work with. Hmm. It's it's you usually if it's too thick, you need to have a special sewing machine for it. Mm-hmm. And if it's too thin, it'll just fall apart. Right, right. So it's it's really rough. I, I can I can do the holster really really well oh, actually. Cool. Awesome. I, I actually made a holster that came out looking really similar to the Firefly holster. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, cause I, that's that's also on my list of costumes to do. Yeah. Is the is the male costume with the jacket? Mm-hmm. And uh, and because I have the replica uh, stunt gun that from they Qmax, from Qmax. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. from, and uh, so I'm like, oh, I can totally make a holster for this. This will mm-hmm. be awesome. So then it's just, you know, the jacket is the next hardest the jacket, thing. On yeah, that. And the rest can be easily, I think, certainly more easily assembled. Yeah. Or maybe the boots. I've the heard. boots are tricky, but I've looked into them. Um, I mean, the actual boots are super, super expensive Italian boots. Mm-hmm. But you can find ones that are good enough mm-hmm. fairly inexpensively. Mm-hmm. And these are the show boots, not the movie boots. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it looks like that, and aren't the suspenders like World War II? Um, I heard. Uh, I'm not entirely sure on that. I haven't mm. gotten that far. Okay. Usually, I look at the big stuff, and then I look at the small stuff. Because if I remember with the Mel jacket, yeah, there was the Abbey shot, which seemed like the one to get. Even though I know there were complaints about certain things, they might have gotten up. And I'll be honest, I didn't really notice what these other people noticed. And then there's always, um, I think there was a limited run of a licensed jacket that Universal had put out when Serenity hit. Oh. But they, I've only ever seen like two on eBay. I don't think they were sold very yeah. widely. And I know that there was another place that also made a, a mal jacket. I can't remember. Not Abbey Shot, but um, you know, I want to say it was like Cosplay Sky, but obviously it wouldn't have been them. It would have been someone a little higher and maybe Magnolia. Um, and then uh, what was the other? Oh, but, but I also heard you can go to the guy who made the original and commission him to make you one. It's expensive. You know, you're paying twelve to 1500 bucks, but he'll make you like the exact jacket granted you know that's if you want to drop that kind of money and right. the abby shot was like what three yeah that sounds right three about three yeah and you know and i saw the gallifrey the first time and i was like that's amazing and i just didn't have three hundred dollars on sure there. sure and like oh they were selling it right there yeah they had it right oh, there i yeah. tried it on and everything and i was like oh this is amazing and mm. i just you know at that point particular time i did not have three hundred dollars yeah. to spend on and i didn't know that i wanted to do a mal costume yeah either. yeah 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 i yeah there you go. One of these days. One of these days. And boy, so basically eBay is your only option now for that jacket. That yep. sucks. You think that would still be a good seller for them, but I yeah. guess they they just don't think it's worth the time or or maybe they can't get the same sway. Who knows? Weird. Uh I know uh Rizu's always talking about doing um a nine jacket out of uh you know, out of scratch because he's not happy with any of the options out there, mm-hmm. which I think is I know, which I think is a bit funny because I'm like, there are so many options. Yeah. I think <laughs> a couple of them are fairly I mean, they're they're certainly more than good enough, but I, I don't know. It just gets kind of crazy. I, I, I shouldn't go down the rabbit hole with the ninth doctor jacket here. But anyway, um so what would you say is, uh, to differentiate this question so it doesn't sound like a repeat, what do you think is the most important um, skill you've learned in this hobby? Would it be the leatherworking or 
would it be something else? Yeah, I think I think probably pro- I mean more most important uh, the leather working has definitely actually been the most lucrative. It's actually been mm-hmm. because you know I kind of I turned it around and I you know found that I really like making these watches and stuff. It feels a little bit of a niche and it's really like it's paid for several conventions. I mean Comic-Con the, the what we sold at Comic-Con essentially paid for, you know, a ticket to Comic-Con. Got it. Um so mm-hmm. it's really really nice like it's a really great way to fund your hobby yes so that oh i make these things but i also make these things that i sell Mm -hmm. out of the same stuff Mm -hmm. and it helps pay for what i really like we're actually now um my fiance and i have decided that all of the money that we make from our stuff is going into our marriage fund for our wedding good so that's how we're going to try to help pay for some of the cost of that like everything that we sell in the store is going to the wedding fund nice nice uh and for listeners out there uh where can they find your store uh, it is called the Magic Haberdasher. Uh, it is the uh, we have a Facebook, which is you know if you just search for the Magic Haberdasher, you'll find our Facebook and at Link Store Etsy, which is the Magic Haberdasher at Etsy.com, I believe, mm-hmm. um, or Etsy.com backslash the Magic Haberdasher. I think that's more correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we currently have we do basically three types of items. We do um, leather top hats, and we have two sizes now. We have. Uh, uh, like they're both mini top hats, mm-hmm. so they're for the ladies mostly. Mm-hmm. So we have our mini top hat, which is the size of give or take like a can of peas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now we we just started making our teeny tiny top hats, mm-hmm. which are even smaller. They're a couple of inches around and adorable. Um, and uh, and then I do I do like leather um, watches, collars, and holsters. And then Lauren does custom um, printed, or it's actually not printed, but they're custom T-shirts. And now she's actually probably turning turning around and doing bags as well. Hmm. Um, and there they she uses this method, which um, you know takes the natural color, like she just stencils out something, and then sprays it, and it the color changes around the stencil. So the stencil will be the original color, mm-hmm. um, and the T-shirt changes. It lightens up to go to to like a lighter, like kind of like a like um like a splatter effect. It's mm-hmm. really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and she can do custom ones. Like she'll just, if you want something, she'll just make a stencil and, you know, charge you for it. Hmm. Um, so those are really popular. We sell a lot of those actually. Um, the most popular one that we have is the bad wolf shirt, ah. which we started doing not actually because of Dr. Who, but because we were on a scavenger hunt team and our scavenger hunt team was, um, bad wolf mm-hmm. and so we decided that that we would start making these t-shirts for the team when they were bad wolf shirts and then mm-hmm. she put one on etsy and it sold like wildfire mm-hmm. so now we sell a bunch of different kind of fandoms styles on the shirt sure sure but the bad wolf one is the one that always like always sells nice well hooray for doctor who fandom right yeah uh on a more philosophical note what do you feel is the most important thing you've learned in cosplay um I think the most important thing I've learned is that really nothing is out of reach. Mm-hmm. Like all of these things, like you look at these costumes and you're like, oh, these must be, nobody could make these. You have to be a professional. And then you see Bob's tutorial on how to make a Morbius monster. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I mean, I could do that if I had, you know, these various materials and a long weekend. Mm, well, a little bit more than a long <laughs> weekend, but yes. I, but it's, yeah. it's not impossible mm-hmm. to, to do those things. So when I was, you know, I was putting together, I, I wouldn't have thought that I could make a foam robot suit yeah. in the past. And um, now I've done that. And it's it was actually not 
as hard as I thought it was going to be, mm-hmm. especially looking back, you know, making the Jadun costume. When I thought about that, I was like, oh, I don't know how to use foam. That That's the pipe dream. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's really just like there isn't anything. There's pretty much a YouTube tutorial for everything, and everything is doable. Like, you mm-hmm. can pretty much do whatever you want. You just have to, you know, it might not be perfect the first time, so there's a learning curve. Yeah, yeah, obviously, with all things. But, no, you have a very good point, thanks to the Internet, which in some ways is up the game. Um, yeah, although it's also invited a lot of, you know, drama too, but it's, uh, it's also kind of, um, you know, really spread the information love, as you say, with, uh, tutorials and obviously forums and, and information about classes and yep. stuff like that. And that's definitely the, the kind of thing I wanted to do with things like uh, the blog and the breakdowns and, and so forth. So it's, uh, it's all about, in my opinion, it's more about sharing the information than trying to hoard the information, but right. Yeah. yeah and I've gotten so much information from your breakdowns, mm-hmm. you know, when I was putting together eight, I would just have your your breakdown page up with me when I was looking for buttons or oh. looking like or looking for you know whatever I was looking for. I was like, okay, this is this is what it is. Okay, is this close? No. Okay, this one's oh, this one's really close. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, well, it's always good to have your reference material, definitely. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, so and I had and I had pictures of. It's funny because I had pictures of the original eight jacket, mm-hmm. but your breakdown was still way more helpful. <laughs> That's weird because I don't think I had many pictures of the real one on my break, aside from the publicity photos. But yeah, those nice shots, I'm sure we all were taking at uh, Gallifrey when it was on display, which was uh, invaluable help. But yeah, um, yeah and I kind of I kind of see what you're saying. And it did, it was eye-opening actually looking at the, um, even the waistcoat buttons and how different they were to what I thought yeah. they looked like on screen. Yeah. But, um, and then it, it's great to get close, but it also kind of reminds you like, Sometimes these things, like, they were just there for so many months in 1995 or 6, and then... Yep. Yeah. You're never going to find it again. Yeah, so much. there's, I mean, there's two things you can do. You can make your own and try to get super, super accurate. Or you could say, no one's going to care what buttons I use for the waistcoat. I'm going to get fancy buttons. Sure. Just get some that reads well. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, you, and look, the great thing about something like buttons is you can always upgrade. So easy. Yeah. So if you really want to... I don't know, suddenly somebody said, hey, I found a stash from the 90s of this thing, and it's the exact button. Well, sure, you know, you can go in and throw them on, which is almost what I did with my coat. Um, when um, uh, Michael Sparky42 actually um, got the, uh, you know, he found those buttons that are almost a dead match with the coat buttons, remember? Yeah. Yeah, same thing. So, yeah, and then we just cast them up and had them painted to match, and boom, Bob's your uncle. You've already been sharing a lot of tips. Would you say there are any, uh, is there a top general tip you would give to beginning cosplayers? Um, yeah, don't, um, A, don't worry about like what other people are going to say about your cosplay. Mm -hmm. Like really just start it. You know, when you're starting a cosplay, just go for something that reads well. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people, it's interesting because I, now, actually being on a on a panel at Comic-Con, um, we met, this. there was this one girl who came up and asked a question, and she was afraid to start a steampunk cosplay because of the way steampunkers had been portrayed on the guild. Oh, wow. And she was under the impression that the entire steampunk community was super like hyper judgmental and mm-hmm. was going to condemn her for not having the right gears or something like that. And she and that was a legitimate like she legitimately communicated this to us and we're all just like that's ridiculous. <laughs> like we are one of the most supportive communities. You can you can throw a gear on anything and call it steampunk and we will embrace that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I think a lot of people are, 
you know, if you're interested in cosplay, and I know that there's a lot of kids who are really getting interested in it, and they, it's funny because they don't care about things like screen accuracy. They mm-hmm. just want to be the character. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's really just don't get don't get too involved in that aspect when you're starting out. Just do what you we think is fun and what will read well. And if you get the bug, then you will also become one of those people who kind of constantly upgrades their stuff and is like, I need to be screen accurate. But most people just are like, I just want to be this character. Mm-hmm. And that's totally fine. Nice, nice. Yeah, no, that's good philosophy to live by. Um, you know, I, I often ask this, uh, and uh, do you have a, um, a favorite cosplay experience or moment in any of the costumes we've been discussing? Um, huh. Take favorite. a minute. I can edit out a pause. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if if it counts as like a cosplay moment. Actually, so um, last week I was involved uh, for the second year in a row in this in this worldwide scavenger hunt, mm-hmm. and one of the items was dress like a robot and go to work oh, okay. and film it. Mm-hmm. And basically, so I edited together, you know, a bunch of takes. I took the Cyberman costume to work with me. Okay. And, you know, second period, I, I suited up and I didn't tell anyone that I was going to do this. Oh, wow. Like I told, I, there was, I told one class that I was using for the video um, about it. So they knew, but then I decided to just film a whole bunch of, like candid me walking around the school in a nice, Cyberman costume. Nice, nice, nice. As so, and there's a ton of image, a ton of video that we used for the actual, um, the actual edited version where it's just me walking through the school hallway dressed like a Cyberman, uh-huh. and everyone just like turns around and does like a 360, and we got it like on film. It's oh, hilarious. That's great. It came out so well. Mm-hmm. So that that moment was actually really funny. And then mm-hmm. then um, before I I unsuited. Uh, my third period class came in. I'm a teacher, by the way. And uh, for those of you who were like, what do you do? You're just like a Cyberman at work. Mm-hmm. Oh, public school. Got it. Mm-hmm. You can do anything. <laughs> um, so before I, I took the Cyberman costume off, I stood in the corner of my room. Mm-hmm. And right, was, right where people come in, right by the entrance. And I stood really, really still. Oh. And then one of my students came in. And I went like, rah! And like reached for her. And she lost it. <laughs> she... Screamed, she dropped her books, like <laughs> threw them up in the air, and like crawl, like went and slammed herself <laughs> on the other side of the hallway in the locker. And she was like hyperventilating, and she literally couldn't come down. Like it scared the crap out of her. It was amazing. Oh, um, man. And so, and she literally, even after that, even after I like took the helmet off, she couldn't walk by me. She's like, I'm gonna go in the other door. Wow, that's great. Yeah, oh, that's it's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, forget uh, you know meeting any celebrities in costume. I think that that takes a cake. Yeah, no, that um, was pretty good. Um, I think if I if I ever wear the Cyberman to like a convention, I'm just going to do that all the time. I'm just <laughs> going to plant myself near something and look like I'm I'm not a person, and then just reach out at someone and see what they do. Well, uh, you know, uh, uh, well since you 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 have that the uh, the new series Cyberman costume uh, now, Mal and I are talking. I don't know how much we'll really be able to make this happen, but at least for Gallifrey, we'd like to do an army of Cybermen, and we want each. But we want each era represented. We want to have a Tenth Planet, a Moon Base, Revenge. The, wow. We want to have at least like one of each. So it'd probably be an army of about a good six or seven Cybermen. That'd be kind of amazing. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it'd be proud. Yeah. Well, I've, I know Malachi really wants to do the new new Cybermen. Yes, he does. The, the, he does. 
And there, those are amazing. That costume looks. Oh no, no, it's yeah. great. And he got some really good shots of it at the um, the Tumblr event. So it's uh, it's doable, I think. It's just a matter of uh, is there time? Well, technically, right now there's time, but is there time to do it all and invest in all those costumes and then get volunteers to put them all on? Right. Yeah. the The '80s one is the one I'm actually intrigued to, to also eventually tackle um, eventually as well. The um, Earthshock. Yeah, the Earthshock one. Yeah. Um, well, that was. I mean that yeah. That that's less of all of the Cybermen suits that I've seen, the the Earthshock one is like the easiest to deal with. Mostly. 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 I, I mean none of them are easy to deal with. Yes. I would I would partly argue that the moon base is also or the moon base slash tomb is also a little easier to kind of approach, but um because you know you're dealing with essentially with like a silver boiler suit, yeah. But uh, yeah, I know, I know. We'll play around with it. To be honest, like I'm actually really intrigued to try the tenth planet too, because no one does the tenth planet, and I think they're kind of creepy if you do them right. So mm-hmm. yeah, because um, you can actually have your eyes showing, you know, and be all kind of creepified. You're almost like a zombie. Um, but anyways, so yeah, food for thought. More uh, more talk for for that. And I know that we're still talking about doing a red dwarf crew. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. So uh, if we need a rimmer, I might tap you on the shoulder and say, "Dude, you got to put an H on your forehead." <laughs> really? That's that's what I get. Well, oh, you don't want to be rimmer. Who'd you rather be? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I could do anybody else except for rimmer. Sadly. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Be be honored. You could be rimmer. I I think I have to settle on being like the Inquisitor or some other spinoff character or something because <laughs> I'm not cast well as any of them. Uh, but all right. Uh, da, 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 da. So conversely, do you have a uh, worst or mishap experience in costume? Um. Well, there was the almost mishap of my Jadun helmet coming off during the masquerade. Oh yeah, that was good. That was that was a, a lucky save. Basically, you know, we we did this masquerade uh, at Gallifrey two years ago, three mm, years ago, three, I think. And and this is the three years ago. This is the first year that I had hung with you guys. Mm -hmm. And so I had the Jadoon, and we had the Jadoon, and it was the Jadoon, and... All the monsters. Yeah, all the monsters. It was the evil League of Monsters. Monster League of Evil. Okay, for anyone curious, (laughs) you can find this skit on YouTube. (laughs) Although it's been carefully edited to remove the moment CJ is talking about. Yes, very well edited. Yes, it's called the uh, Doctor Who, the Monster Society of Evil. There it is. Gallifrey 2011. Please check it out. All right, continue. Uh, So, yeah, so basically, like, we, we, um, you know, we walked up on stage, and the helmet, the Jadun helmet, basically stays on with gravity. Like, I I shove it on, and it gets to the point where the plastic presses against plastic, and it stays on. And the stage was sort of like wobbly, so I, when I was walking out on, I had a little extra spring in my step, mm. and I took a step forward, and the um, Jadun helmet started to fall off. Luckily, my hands were in front of me while this was happening, and I caught it and like shoved it back on before, because yes. there was a big reveal, because inside I had a costume on inside that was like to reveal, so I almost ruined the whole skit by having, <laughs> by having the hat come off. Luckily, it did not. It stayed on, and we covered it. And now you can't even see it in the edit. Yes, he he covered and it. And even very in well. the original video, it happens so split second. You're, it, you don't even re- if you didn't know what was happening, you would have you wouldn't have thought that it was almost a major faux pas. Yeah, yeah, it was um, it was a good save. Not as bad as when I think the sign toppled over again, covered in a nice edit by uh, Scott. But uh, yeah, I remember that was something I wasn't proud of that uh, that the sign 
that yeah. we flipped over top top a little yeah. bit. Yeah, well, it's around. it's hard it's doing live stuff like it that. really is. It is, but I, oh well, you know, still fun, fun times. Yeah, I I do greatly enjoy doing the mask. You know, speaking of, would you call yourself? I mean, probably not. Would you call yourself more of a masquerade cosplayer or a hall cosplayer? Um, I I'm more of a hall cosplayer. Mm-hmm. I haven't. I don't do the masquerade at Comic Con, and I've really only done the masquerade at Gallifrey because you had at some point asked me to do these various skits. Mm -hmm. Like I've never gone in really with something of my own. The closest I've done is these kamikaze, uh, last year, Mm -hmm. um, which isn't really a masquerade. It's sort of a poorly run costume contest, Mm -hmm. which is kind of more interesting to me because I just remember the masquerade, both the masquerade at Gallifrey. You had to be there so early yeah, that's for, true. for the judging, for you the literally judging. have to be there. I mean, I was there. I must have been in that Cyberman costume for six hours by the time it was all yeah. done. And I was like, I'm dying yep, in yep, this yep. costume. Yep, yep. Um, so, yeah. So, I, I prefer just walking around the hall. I, I like the reactions you get. True. And especially because you kids, if you've got a really like interactive costume, the kids really like it. Like, the, the Steampunk C-3PO actually went over really well because we went to the, um, where the Star Wars, um, like, the Mattel had their Star Wars area, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And so they had like a, the hall of the Death Star set up. So we went over there with our group, and it was like, oh my god! And the kids like loved it. Kids love robots. Kids love robots. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. Uh, Malachi and I uh, did the Comic Con, and he was the K one. Yeah. Yeah. We only did it for maybe an hour, two hours, and I was the Doctor. He was the K one. And while those who got the Doctor Who connection were great and awesome, there were just so many people, kids and adults, who were just freaking out over a giant, robot. a giant robot. Yeah. Yeah. And they, and if they, I, I had to quickly clock. Do they get the connection? And if they don't, then I had to quietly step aside because I don't want to ruin their photo. If they just want the robot, I'll let them have the robot. Yeah. But they had to understand like why is there a goofy guy with a scarf next to the robot? Yeah, <laughs> that was interesting. But uh, yeah, good times, very good times. And I thought cool to represent that at Comic Con where it normally wouldn't get. Yeah, that kind of that's because that not that that's super specialized, but unfortunately, the Comic Con is really more for current pop culture. Yes, and so older references and costumes like that just don't get as much love. No, as no. like whatever DC superhero is hot right then. You're right, or Marvel superhero movie. Yeah, or sci-fi film or whatever. Yeah, yeah, totally. Or and then what sucks even more is that okay, like uh, when Tron Legacy came out, you saw some Tron people, and now even that's kind of old. It's not to say people yeah. would recognize hey Tron, but now it's already three years past. Saying, yeah, it's no, like, nobody's yeah. doing Tron, mm-hmm. and that was that was you know El Wire made a big, big comeback with the Tron. Mm, yeah. Uh, and now it's like if it's gone again, and now when you use a yellow wire and something, people are like that's amazing. I'm like, it's been around for years. It's just a little battery pack with some wire. Uh, so I think that's my questions as far as I can remember offhand. Do you have any other topics or thoughts that you wish to cover? Um, I don't think so. Do I have any questions for you? No. I heard, Kevin and I already did this. I'm not. I'm, I'm not taking any questions. No, I, no. I'm sorry. If you have a question, I'll answer. Do you have a question? CJ? I don't really have. Any okay. Questions. All right. Um, um, are, are you? Oh, oh, hey, you forgot my Spock. Okay. All right. No, no. Let's. No, we should talk about this. Okay. So, uh, for for those who are uh, not aware, uh, CJ has been gracious to step into the role of Mr. Spock in our classic. 
Star Trek away team group that we do at Comic-Con usually every Thursday uh, that we've been doing since 2008. Uh, my old friend Ben was a great Spock, but he has opted out of doing cosplay, at least for the time being. Uh, so CJ graciously has put on the ears and the wig. Uh, and you're doing this as, this is your third year? This is the third year. Yeah, this yeah. is the third year. Um, so how have you enjoyed playing? Uh, I really, actually, I really enjoy playing the Spock uh, character. And I really like doing it on Thursday of Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, because it, no, you know what? Because there's always a minimum of four people, and sometimes there's even more. And it always gets attention. Mm-hmm. Like, no matter where you go, everyone's like, that's cool, old yep. school, Star Trek. Yep. It's a really good way to start out the weekend. Mm-hmm. It's it's a fairly comfortable costume, mm-hmm. with the exception of the eyebrows. Okay. Um, which I've gotten fairly good at doing fairly quickly after mm-hmm. doing them. First year, Vicky did my eyebrows. All right. And then the second year, she's like, no, you, you got to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Here's the tutorial. And of course, it's a Vicky tutorial. So it's like step by step how to do it. Mm-hmm. And so and so she like, and then the last year, she was just like, here's the stuff. Figure it out. <laughs> um, but then I opened it up. And again, there's a step by step written tutorial in it. Nice. And uh, and I had remembered enough from the previous year to that, that, I, that it was actually, you know, it took less than an hour, actually, to do mm-hmm. the ears and the, um, the eyebrows. And again, that's the only real pain in the butt about that costume. Um, other than that, it's pretty pretty um, comfortable. And now we've taken to I'm still I'm still borrowing the the main tunic, mm-hmm. but I now have my own pants um, that my fiance made, uh, and so I've got pants and boots. And so I'm slowly putting together my own spot costume. Gotcha. Really, the next thing is to just kind of get the pattern from Vicky and and do the the proper the proper tunic. Um, but in the last two years, uh, my fiance Lauren has done it with us. That's right. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, there's there's a really funny cosplay story. I have to I have to tell you this. So okay. so, Lauren is not what I would call a Star Trek fan. In fact, she's never actually seen an episode of Star Trek. Any of the Star Trek? She's seen like the the new movies, right? And she's seen like Star Trek Four or or <laughs> the one with the whales. The one as with she the calls whales. It. All right. And I, you know, I grew up on Star Trek: The Next Generation. That sure. was like right when I was in like middle school, high school. That sure. was I Got was it. super popular, and mm-hmm. I was into that. I remember. And I've seen, you know, I've seen the movies. I've seen most of the movies. There was a few in there, kind of in the middle, where it started to get kind of monotonous. But anyway, so I know the the genre, mm-hmm. um, and so and I, you know, I love Spock because Spock was always the man, mm-hmm. and uh, and she has no concept or knowledge of, and so so I got her to do it the first year. She got like I think she had a red tunic. She borrowed a red tunic. She I borrowed think. the red dress, yeah, and uh, from from someone, and so she, I'm like, no, don't don't worry about it. You're just you're gonna dress up. There's gonna be a big group of people. Nobody's gonna ask you any questions mm-hmm. about it. So you're not gonna you know you don't have to because she's very like her biggest fear is like someone asks her a question and she just has no idea mm-hmm. like oh so like we'll just you know make up a character name so mm-hmm. that somebody asks you like who you are you can you do that so we suit up and we're heading to comic-con and uh, we take the, the the trolley in and we got to the there was a trolley stop we had a changeover so we got off the trolley and we sat down waiting for the next trolley and this guy comes up may have been homeless was definitely odd. Mm-hmm. And he starts talking to Lauren uh-huh. about her Star Trek character. Uh-huh. And she's, he's like, actually, prior to that, somebody had come over and said, hey, we had, you know, we're standing across the way and we have a bet. Which Star Trek character are you to, to her? Uh-huh. And she's like, 
<laughs> and I, I was like, you know, I basically stepped in. I was like, she's actually not any specific character. She's more sort of just a, you know, a generic Star Trek, you know, security right dress red, red dress red yeah. dress yeah female red shirt and the guy was sadly uh the first guy was like walked away he's like oh i thought that you were somebody else and then this other guy comes over and he starts talking like hardcore star trek to her mm-hmm. and she's just looking at me like help help <laughs> i can't i can't do anything in this conversation i don't know what to say and so eventually, it's really funny. She st- after talking to him for a really long time because he wouldn't go away, and we were waiting for the train. She started trolling him, like, "Oh, uh, is that is that the one on Dagobah?" <laughs> and starts throwing in all these Star Wars, and he like was like, "What? What? Dagobah? That isn't even the right universe. You do you even know about Star Trek?" And he started like going off and like almost violently. It was really really funny if we didn't fear for our lives. Oh man. Um so but anyway, she did it again last year and we we had a similar I again I told her and this year she was blue dress and I told her just make up a character. Yeah. Nobody will question you. Uh-huh. All right. And so again, the first person comes up. Oh, what character are you? And she gives me the death look. I'm like, I told you to make up a character. Yeah. yeah. Um, but she's. This is the second year that she did the star the Star Trek group, and she really really enjoyed it this year. And thinks again, we both kind of think it's a really great way to start Comic Con because mm-hmm. it's such a recognizable character. Yeah, everyone yeah, yeah. like nobody hates the Star Trek group. Like yeah. everyone's like that's cool and old school. It's a really good way to like just kind of get into gear and get out there and it's a really comfortable costume as far as costumes go yeah well except for the, except for those Durant's boots they look great but god they're murder on the feet yeah that's true um yes yeah, because you wore mine the first year yeah um but uh you know the thing i like about that group too is scott called it when we did it the first year which is you never see a full classic star trek away team you'll see the random person with yeah. uniform next gen you certainly see klingons yes but you never saw certainly the classic a kirk spock mccoy group and while this year we didn't have a kirk um it's still when you get three to four or more yep. of those uniforms together i think the magic is the magic number is four mm-hmm. and i think the max number is like six or seven yeah I'll i think anything that. bigger it's away party you know yeah. they, they're really no bigger than six yeah yeah um, but yeah, you're totally right. And it doesn't, it honestly it doesn't matter what the combination. And if you've got a Spock, mm-hmm. that seems to add legitimacy to the it whole totally thing. It totally does. Yeah. yeah. And that's why this year I was a little, a little down. We didn't have a gold shirt. We didn't have a gold in there to break up the color a bit more. But um, it's still, it, you're right. It still looks good. And um, I mean, I think it just comes down to, and it doesn't, it doesn't even have to be a Kirk. It could be a random gold shirt yeah. or a check off or something. But um, but yeah, and I, I would like to try one year to do the full bonafide crew to get have a Sulu and a Hura. That we, would be amazing. We've come close. We yeah. never quite had the last piece of the puzzle, but I'd love to do that one year. That would be really that would be really I cool. agree. I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. So we'll we'll just have to play a little better for 2014. Um but all right. Um so oh, uh where else can people find you online aside from your Etsy shop or do people or do you want people to find you online? Um, <laughs> honestly, the Etsy shop is the best way. The Facebook, the, our, our, our business Facebook, like I don't have like a cosplay page. Mm-hmm. If that's what you're asking. Like mm-hmm. I know some people do. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'm not in it for those reasons. Sure. 
So um, the best way, if you're on Facebook, the Magic Haberdasher on Facebook, our Etsy is, you know, just search for the Magic Haberdasher. Mm-hmm. Um, Haberdasher. Haberdasher. Yes, Haberdasher. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a Tumblr. We primarily use the Tumblr for our scavenger hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's Go Go Team Bad Wolf nice. on Tumblr. And if you want to see some of the zany stuff, we're, we're slowly releasing stuff from this year's uh it's the greatest international scavenger hunt the world has ever seen mm-hmm. and so we had we actually won last year and wow. we won a won a trip to scotland for all 15 teammates mm-hmm. and with to stay in a haunted castle with misha collins and so we decided lauren and i decided to do it again this year mm-hmm. um and so we're slowly releasing some of the items that we did. Um, there's one video that we've released that is me dressed up like a Cyberman going to work, nice. and it's amazing. Nice, nice. Um, and so there's a couple of we did we talked we did tons of videos. Um, a bunch of people that have been on this show have helped us with some of the videos, um, and then we took a, a ton of weird, crazy photographs, and we're sort of slowly releasing them. So, and by releasing, I mean putting on Tumblr. Like we'll we'll post them to our personal Facebooks, like. Mm-hmm. But like we consider Tumblr to be because because a big fan base of this particular event is on Tumblr. Got it. So we we consider that putting out into the public where we don't have control over it anymore. Mm-hmm. So like most of our YouTube videos are private. Most of the stuff isn't on Tumblr, but we'll occasionally post something. Mm-hmm. Be like, here you go, world. Here's mm-hmm. another gem. <laughs> um, and like the 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 Cyberman video kind of made the internet explode for a couple of days. That's awesome. That's totally awesome. I'll, I'll have to go check that out. Now, when you say you're putting out, is this just to do it or is this part of the scavenger hunt? No, no, it's just to do it. Once the scavenger hunt lasts for a week uh, and you can't release anything to anybody during that week, mm-hmm. but as soon as it ends, mm-hmm. uh, you can put it, make anything public that you okay. want. So a lot of the teams, um, and last year there were over 900 teams. This year I think there's probably double that. Oh, God. Um, it seemed like there were a lot of people involved last mm-hmm. year or this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the teams just sort of all, like they instantly make all of their YouTube videos public and they mm-hmm. make all their, they put all their images on the internet. We are, I personally am a little more superstitious. Mm-hmm. Like last year I didn't want to put anything on the internet until mm-hmm. after they had announced the winners and mm-hmm. that was almost three months before they announced the winners. Mm-hmm. So, and then as soon as we won, people were like, who's this team that won? We didn't see any of their stuff. Uh, and so now I'm kind of superstitious in that I don't want to necessarily release it all at once. I mm-hmm. just kind of want to do little, like little bits at a time mm-hmm. um, leading up to whenever they decide that the winners are chosen. Okay. What's the uh, prize this year? The prize this year is a trip to Vancouver, mm. uh, lovely Vancouver, Canada, to to fly in a seaplane and stay on a private island. Wow, that's, that's pretty cool. That's all I know. Nice. So yeah, hopefully. I mean, fingers crossed. There are tons of tons of great teams out there. Um, so, but there were we we I because I had possession of the Cyberman mm-hmm. and the Steampunk C three PO and another like another costume that I don't even consider to be a costume, but I'd done a box costume for. Oh, that's right. For for our yeah. friends' like birthday a couple of years ago. Yeah, from uh, Logan's Run. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So and it, it literally it was a box costume made of boxes. That, but <laughs> that was pretty amazing. That that that. I'm sorry, there were some fun Logan's Run costumes that night, but that blew everyone away. And I know you're right. It was just you're right. It was a cardboard box. Right? It was a cardboard box on top of a cardboard box. Yeah. with some silver like aluminum tape. That's it. Yeah, and that, and and like the the arms like the duct like aluminum duct arms right 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 yeah uh it was so and i did it i made it that day mm-hmm. we resurrected that for the scavenger hunt so there's a couple of costumes where 
um, we used the box costume. It wasn't specifically as a box costume. It was just a third robot costume. Yes, but that's still amazing. The the box, and I know that's pure just cheap go out at cosplay but yet it, it was so effective because again who would have expected to see box yeah out of all no it was i because yeah. uh, it was a logan's run themed birthday because it was his 30th and uh or was athena's birthday i forget which one but uh so yeah so everyone's like everyone a few people had like the logan's run you know the whatever you want to call them shirts or tunics or um, but nobody that I walked in with box and everyone just stopped. And I think mm-hmm. I might've gotten a round of applause. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, get, <laughs> get me a drink. <laughs> I'm in a box. Uh, good times. God, I totally forgot about that. That's good. All right. Well, on that note, um, I think, uh, I think we can wrap this up. Great. Well, right. Thank you for having me. This has been fun. Thank you for being on. And we will be back next week with more costume shop talk here on costume station zero. Thank you.